This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps, and today with me I have Whitney Fox. Whitney Fox is a psychic medium and artist, and she has been on a few podcasts uh, where I've heard her. You've been on Jake's show, Local Listens, and you've been on um, you've been on Janet's show yet, Deplorable Nation? No. Mm-mm. No. Where are some other ones that you've been on? Um, let's see. I was on Legit Bat. You legit bat, Joe and Jen. And then I've been with Ghost a couple of times. Yeah, my third eye. Third eye. And then uh, I was on Grimerica. Yeah, Grimerica um, show. A month or two ago. Let's see. Who else have I been with? We on Julia's show or just as Julia? the guest? No, I've, I've been with Julia a couple of times. Okay. And, um, and Cosmic Peach. Oh, for sure. Uh, upstate Unconventional. Okay, um, yes. Uh, with Nico. And then, gosh, I feel like... Who am I missing? I, I feel like uh, we're missing someone. Inquires in inquiries into our Shane. reality with yep. Shane. And um uh oh subconscious realms. Have you I heard don't, that? I don't know that one. I don't know that um, one. Gosh, all of a sudden I'm having a, a brain fart. Um his name. I was uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting his name. I was on a uh with him and uh New York Patriot. We did yep. a thing together, so I, I can't believe I'm just on the spot, and I was oh slipping. no, I haven't talked to him in a little bit. So anyway, the, those are uh, the ones off the top of my head. So I've been on a couple. It's been fun. Yeah, I think the first time I heard you was on Jake's show, oh. and that's how I got introduced to you, because everyone has so many episodes, right? Like it's hard to hear everyone's episode, or, you know, most recent episode of every podcast. But that's how I first heard of you. There's a lot of content that comes out and I try and keep up on everybody because I love them all so much, you know? Yeah. It's more than a full-time job, like to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For you, especially you looking to talk to guests and stuff, you know, but yeah. So, and then I was with with you and Julia just recently, we had a nice chat. I don't think it's aired yet, but no. Yeah. This will probably air before the one with our little round table with Julia. Um, Okay. Everyone should go listen to that episode. It's going to be about the Salem Witch Trials. And man, 
that was a good episode <laughs> we even had some harry potter in there which we i did. love yeah yeah julia yeah. drew some crazy references like i had never never heard of before so right. yeah that was good it was good yeah i enjoyed that a lot hopefully we do some more round tables you know so yes. happy to be included yeah that was a fun one so i wanted just you to talk about whatever you wanted to talk about um if you had always been psychic, how you came into that, what type of art you do, all of those things in the services that you offer. But before I do that, can you please tell me two of your favorite things about yourself or two things that you love about yourself? Hmm. Uh, you know, I've heard you ask that question and I should have thought ahead of time, but maybe, maybe spontaneous is better, right? Um, I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So this is a weird one because it's not related to anything that you just, you know, introduced. That's me okay. At. But um, I, I've always been like super coordinated, you know, so I've always been athletic. Yeah. And so it's so dumb and it sounds like I'm bragging, but like, but usually I can like pick stuff up quick. So that's yeah. why I always had a ball or a racket or I was on something where I needed balance or something, you know, so uh, even because I'm getting old now, you know, like I'm you don't old. look it, you don't look it. You look very oh, good. Well, thank you, and maybe because I like still do a lot of athletic stuff, or always did, you know. So, I, like sometimes, I mean, Loki, someone will be not coordinate, coordinated at something like that, and I'll be like, oh, thank God, I can do that. You know, <laughs> that if we ever got together in person, that would be me. I am. I did dance, but like my hand-eye coordination involving anything with a ball, I don't have. <laughs> so when Don't we stood in line up in heaven, you know, I must have gone back for seconds and you were like, fuck that. I'm not getting that line. What am I gonna yeah. use that for? Yeah. yeah. My hand eye coordination is absolutely awful. Okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I but I do whatever. I've never been sad about that. Let's put it that way. You know, I've never been um and then the other thing, I guess, you know, like the psychic medium stuff just like art because it, it it like a lot of things has it didn't come naturally to me I had to work at it I just okay. really wanted both of those things like people are like oh were you born knowing how to draw or you know oh you must have had the gift when you were a child uh yes and no you know I guess maybe you get a little bit of a gift and because it might come slightly easier to you then you pursue it more and maybe I can make the same a correlation with sports and, and, you know, coordination, physical coordination, like maybe there is a relationship between those three things. It's just because I was a little bit okay at it, then I kept pursuing it because I'd be like, oh, I know what I'm good at, you know? Yep. So I, I suppose. Oh, no. Something I can probably paint it <laughs> or draw it and you know, and um, also with the sort of mediumship skills and that stuff that's been developing. Um, did we freeze? Can you hear me? Okay? We froze for a second. I lost you and you came back into the painting. It did give me a pop up that says my internet connection is unstable. Okay. And I know that there's storms moving through, oh, but okay. we're going to just, we're going to keep rolling. If it gets yeah. really bad, um, we'll figure something out. Okay. We'll, we'll power through. We'll okay. we're, we're figuring this out. <laughs> okay. okay. So hopefully you caught all that. So it, it, you were talking about how you did, you weren't really born quote unquote with 
psychic gifts, you kind of, but maybe it was a little bit easier and just like sports, you had started to, because they weren't super hard. You had like a baseline where you were, you were kind of good at it, that you continued to do it. Um, and then you kind of cut out and then you started talking about something about a painting is when you came back in and something that you can draw anything. And I feel like we missed a big part in there. Okay. I I just made the, uh, uh, you know, the comparison between the three sort of skills, um, and that, um, it might, it might be like anybody, you know, like some, you know, some, my kids played baseball and softball and some kids just show up when they're six and can already hit the ball, you know? Yeah. And so then they keep playing and they keep doing it. They, so I think that most people, people can probably relate to that. So those just happen to be kind of the things that maybe I was actually born with a little bit, but it wasn't like I was a virtuoso at anything. So I had to work really hard at art and I've had to work really hard at the mediumship or let me just say that, uh, uh, I always wanted to work really hard at it, but I had all of this other life stuff in the way. And then when the timing was right, then it kind of came in and, and it comes easier to me now. Um, so um, because previous to that, I was doing all of the other things that take so much time and concentration that I wasn't um, wasn't quite ready to start pursuing such a subtle art as mediumship, you know? So, um, but with that said, you know, I do have a lot of um, uh, paranormal um, experiences through my uh, childhood and young adulthood and also in my family. So, you know, kind of saying that, it's like maybe I was, uh, you know, born with a gift. I personally think everyone is, and maybe I just had a little more interest to pursue it. Um, And there might be... Everybody listening to this, maybe they've got a story in their family. Somebody saw UFO, someone saw a ghost, someone ha- is psychic or, you know, has had some, you know, precog experiences or yep. like that. So, yeah, I, I, I've heard that from a lot of people. Most people I feel like are of the belief that anyone can become psychic because we all have like this little innate ability it's all about how much we feed it and try and make it grow exactly and to your point you know with sports you know there's some people that have that higher you know innate ability Mm -hmm. but they still have to work at it you know right there's probably you know the few savants out there just like the music anyway there's those people that can just start playing a piano and they know mozart in five minutes right Right. so i'm sure that applies to every skill Mm mm-hmm but for the most part, to your point, people have to work at it. Well, I like this illusion between like the arts and psychic abilities, you know, like my husband plays guitar and he's very, he's a really good guitarist, got a, has a couple bands and stuff that I can't do. And I just like, I listen to him play. I'm like, it, it might as well be magic. Yeah. What what he pulls out of his ass, you know, I'm like, <laughs> what, what, how do you, you know, how did you get there? How do you do that? How do you write music? How do you like how do you just do that? So, uh, you know, I think that there's people that when, you know, I read for them or, or not just me, when people read for them or do mediumship or have any sort of psychic stuff, I I think they think it's magic, even though if they picked up the um, desire to study it, then, you know, everybody's like you said, everybody's got some, and it's, I sort of believe that that's how, 
what got us here is the ability to actually have a, a sixth sense about danger and intuition about where to go and what to do in life. And, um, you know, our culture kind of suppresses that for the most part, you know, they want to keep Absolutely. us in our little cubicles and, you know, getting the secretary spread, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, so, um, I think it's changing though. I think it's changing. So when did you start to really pursue psychic skills? So I had mentioned that there had been, you know, paranormal stuff yep. with me growing up. My, I had a family member, uh, extended family member, had a poltergeist. So I knew that the ghosts and that kind of thing were a possibility. The whole family knew too many things to, you know, too many things we all witnessed. It's just, we didn't know the nature of what it was. We called it a poltergeist. I still don't really know. You know, this was in uh, Southern Utah. For all I know, there was some sort of like portal stuff going on because that's also where my grandmother had her very powerful UFO experience. Okay. And then when I was in my early twenties, I had a UFO encounter that was more than just lights in the sky. It was a very deep encounter where there was like some kind of communication stuff going on and two other witnesses and stuff. So, uh, and then in between uh, interspersed in there was lots of little, uh, and big things where I'd have some precognitive stuff happen, some precognitive dreams, you know, various times, silly stuff. Like I would predict what cards were going to come up, you know, and then, um, also other little haunting stuff. There's other, mm -hmm. other, um, experiences that, um, I won't go into just to, just so I can answer your question. Oh, no, you um, can go into them too. Like okay, you can talk or, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but to answer that question, it was when my mother died, um, is when I, I really blew my mind open about, uh, you know, sort of the nature of, uh, my, there was a, there was a, a deep shift in my mind about the nature of consciousness and the continuation of it after death. So, um, and because that death was so powerful and the grief was so deep, um, and shocking, and I had, a precognitive, um, uh, I had some precog that she was going to pass I had a lot of signs and symbols and a lot of things happened to me, um, you know, in the physical realm, as well as in like the psychic realm, I was at, you know, uh, young mother at the time I had two small children and I was a working artist and so I wasn't really doing any of this kind of work but I was always reading about it I was always interested anything in that section of the bookstore I would read it you know whatever it whatever it was whether it was from astrology to zoastrianism zoastrianism uh, I was trying to make a a to z deal but um <laughs> um I would read it and absorb it. And it was whatever TV show or whatever, um, because I was always fascinated with it yeah. and always trying to sort of justify my sanity because of the experiences I did have. However, when she died, um, the grief was so insane. I just like, I I'm a classic overthinker and deep thinker. So I needed to know where she was. I, I just, I wasn't going to be able to function <clears throat> without having some sort of understanding of this death. And I'd kind of shoved the whole thing into the back of my mind until that, until I lost my grandma's had died, but it wasn't like losing my mother. And um, so anyway, I came to believe that she was very good at communicating with me from the other side. She 
um, it, she it brought through what's called after death, after death communication, um, signs and symbols and things, and even manipulating some electricity and, and things like that. And I, I really do think it was like, uh, I've talked about it before and I really do think it was such an expression of love. I think she couldn't leave with me in that state because, <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I, I was having a, a, a straight up existential crisis trying to get my head around this. And, uh, I, I, it still kind of blows my mind that people can be okay with death. I'm like, don't, don't you want to know, you know, like, where are they? What are they doing? And is that going to happen to us? And, you know, it's so, like I'll repeat, like a lot of the pursuit has been to help justify my own sanity and try and answer my own questions. So, so because I feel she was so good at bringing through uh, uh, things and my intuition was heightened to receive those things, then it, I really, it changed my paradigm completely. I then saw the world and my interests uh, shift to a place where uh, the the pursuit of knowledge about the you know uh, um, the nature of consciousness is really the only question was really the only question for me. It all leads back to that whatever we're talking about. And so then you know I've been on a journey um, of sort of that pursuit. Um, and you know once once I was okay with my grief through losing my mother um, and all of the ways she came through, I found a, a she brought through actually through all of these uh, coincidences or, you know, synchronicities and all of this kind of really cool stuff. Um, she brought through the, the medium for me. And then I had three separate sessions with this amazing medium. Um, I don't think she's working anymore. Um, I would love to sit with her again, but um, she brought things through that she absolutely could not know. And that shifted my ever changing paradigm from what I was starting to think to it on an even deeper level, the confirmations and the evidence that was brought through was, um, you know, just astounding, just astounding and healing too. There was a lot of healing things that came through in those, um, sessions where, um, a, a large thrust of the topic was, uh, the mind body connection throughout all three of those. And so through this medium, um, she would bring through uh, various ailments I was suffering at the time, and then she, and then point out um, the the time in my life that I took on this trauma and manifested it as uh, a physical ailment. So, um, you know the um, the you know the sort of uh, adage that you know disease is really just di or disease is really disease. Yes. You know, so going through and. Uh, recontemplating, meditating, and healing those traumas, those, um, for lack of a better uh, name, those psychosomatic illnesses. I mean, they were fully manifest, um, but essentially psychosomatic because I stopped having them after she pointed them out and the, the moment of trauma. So how could this medium know all this, right? Right, was, right. It's so specific. And um, so, but, but the the end game with that was not only was she coming through and saying, um, oh, you know, um, there's a diamond ring and, you know, in my closet and go, oh, or, 
you know, the papers to the, you know, the, uh, the benefits or in the desk or something like that, which also would have been great, of course, if there was that, but she brought through, um, uh, really helpful things in my life. And, and then also changed my paradigm about that, you know, understanding that, you know, the, the ailments that we take on, um, uh, are often, uh, attributed to, uh, a psychological trauma, um, even accidents, which is, oh yeah, like it's pretty deep, um, in that topic, you kind of have to suspend disbelief that, um, and if you can sus- suspend disbelief and understand that everything is connected and there are no mistakes, um, which is hard for some people to do, you know, I've, I've talked about that before with, a a friend of mine and she was like sometimes just bad things happen to good people you know I'm like well yeah but you could dig a little deeper than that you know well, um and i feel like sometimes there's reasons for it we just we want to know the reason right away we right. can't accept the fact that maybe the reason is 12 years down the road exactly and we're not going to understand it until we're 12 years down the road and you know to the point of emotional things manifesting physical people have heard the phrase oh i feel like i have the weight of the world on my shoulders and often their shoulders hurt that is the example of an emotion or a thought physically manifesting so that those what you're describing doesn't sound crazy to me at all and you know muscles have memory and our body remembers things even if our brain doesn't or our brain our conscious brain doesn't is how i will rephrase that exactly and that was Louise Hay's entire body of work, you know, amazing. Uh, I mean, what a pioneer in that. Um, And then, you know, when you come across people that can't conceive of that concept, um, just aren't ready for that, aren't ready to quite hear that. But, you know, to also to your point about not understanding things for 12 years later, um, that's exactly what your show's about. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the whole theme of the show is the speed bump. So, um, you know, I'll just kind of bring that around the, my mother dying, uh, was an obvious speed bump. It it was her time to go. I wish I had more time with her, but what the gift that she gave me in her leaving was a completely all life altering, uh, change in my complete paradigm. So if, if that's not evolution, I don't know what is. Agreed. Can I ask you, what were some of the, um, things that you saw, felt, knew prior to her passing? Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. So um, she had, she, it's not that she wasn't ill. She had uh, had some um, illnesses, like she had had lung ca- cancer and had part of a lung taken out. And, um, it, she, you know, so she wasn't, you know, the, in the picture of health in the first place, but certainly did not expect her to die. She was just, you know, doing her thing. She was only 73 and, but she had fallen and broken her hip. And, you know, previous to that, I live in Los Angeles. My parents were living in Palm Springs and had for ages, a couple decades. And, and, um, but I was very good about going down every month. I would go down, spend time with my parents and, you know, I love them and we'd golf and do the whole Palm Springs deal. You know, I'd take my, you know, my kids were, my daughters were very little one and three. And, um, 
so I was seeing her a lot, fair, a fair amount, you know, not being that far away. Um, and every time that she had an, uh, something go wrong, you know, I'd be like, okay, I'll be down at that, whatever. I'll be down in two weeks and I'll see. And there was never an issue, but, but my, uh, when my dad called to tell me that she had fallen, I, I got the, I just, my, my stomach and my heart sunk and I knew this was bad. And so, you know, I was, I was like, I'll be right there. And he goes, no, no, it's okay. You just come down when you were going to come down. She's fine. You know, we're, I think we're, she's going to need to hip replace, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nope, I'll be right down. And, and then I just stopped eating. I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep. And so I'd try and eat something and I would just be out. So I had this, not just nausea, it was absolute like tightness, my whole body just constricted. And so all I could like shove down was like a Rolades because I just had this and I had not had this. I've had it since previous to people that I care about dying. So when I've had that since, I'm I haven't had anybody. My father passed too, so he I had that, but also my father-in-law. You know, any I won't go into that now, but I have had a few times the that that um let's just call it like um that gut because it was right in my gut. Yeah, right there. So, um, so that had a physical reaction and I shouldn't have. And my sister got really mad at me. She's like, stop it. You're overreacting. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, I'll just shut up. I'm not going to talk about it. But I knew, I knew. And, and then it popped out of my mouth a couple of times and, and, and you know, I went to see her in the hospital and all that. And I could tell, I looked in her eyes and she looked in my eyes a couple of times and I, I, it is very hard to explain, um, there, it's not a look that I've seen much in my life, but that is another thing that I have looked in uh, a friend of mine's eyes and I had to take a double take and he ended up hanging himself a couple of days later. And I was like, there's, I don't, I can't put my finger on it, but it's something, you know, it's like a, that twilight, there's an old yeah. twilight film that was like, you'd, you'd see so, something. It's a third eye thing, I guess. But um, so there was that. And then um it can, this story can kind of drag out if I put all the details in, but, but a little more briefly, um, I was down there with her and my husband and my daughters, we were down there for the better part of a week. And, you know, I had a business I was running and, and so I, she was starting to decline and, and I knew what was happening, but I was also on the outside trying to deny it. And, um, so I had to, I had to drive home my husband and my two girls, we had to drive back up to LA to, you know, like he needed to check in with work and I was going to leave him there. And then I was going to drive right back, um, the next day after I did laundry, or whatever, and deal with my clients and stuff. And so, um, we we're driving home and, and, um, and sure enough, I'm looking in the rear view and there's a white hearse behind us. And so my mother loved white, everything was white. She had uh, white couches, like white clothes, like all white interior, white. Right. And so, um, I look at this hearse and, and so I look, you know, um, my husband goes, I, I, you know, like stop looking at the hearse. It doesn't mean anything. And cause he wasn't on, he wasn't with me on board with the thinking at all yet. And, and, um, I was like, okay, fine. And so then he changes lanes, the hearse changes lanes. And so for <laughs> it followed us for like 50 miles. And so I just gave him the eyeball, like, I, I don't know, bro, like something's going on. And so, um, I drop him off at work. I go home middle of the day. It's like, you know, middle of the day and my daughters, they were one and three. And so for sure nappers, but 
also not great nappers. So I thought for sure, as soon as I stopped the car, they'd wake up, but they didn't. So I, I carried them both up to their, you know, to, to their room and, and I, and they still didn't wake up. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like, this is not like them, you know, even though they were little, they were just like too hyper. And so, um, so anyway, I'm like, haven't eaten in a week and, um, I'm just super nervous, shaking nervous. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have a bath and I'm gonna have some wine and that's, let's try this, you know? And so I get in there and I get in the bathtub. I haven't been in this house in a week and I'm washing my face and a, a bottle of shampoo falls off the window ledge uh, and hits me in the head. And so, like I said, I hadn't been in this house for a week. The window was closed. There's no reason for a bottle yeah. of shampoo to fall off at that exact moment. And so, um, you know, it obviously shocked me, scared me. And I was like, okay, somebody, this is, this is a thing, you know, I, I'm now I'm committed. I'm like, this is a, this is a thing. This is, she, she, I know she's going to die. And how am I going to, what, where is she going to go? And why, what can I do? And, you know, I'm can't even like get my thoughts. Yep. Uh, so, um, so anyway, I finished washing my face and then I see a shadow go by the door of the bathroom and it's a tall shadow. And so then I call out to my husband, even though he's like 45 minutes South at his job and, and I know it's not him. And so, um, then I'm a little like scared, you know, doors locked and I'm like, it couldn't have been one of my daughters. And so anyway, I'm like, okay, well, this didn't work. And so I get up and, um, I go, as I'm walking out of the bathroom, I hear something hit the bedroom window and I'm on the second floor. And I, the first thing I thought was, that's a bird, a bird just hit the window. And then my next thought is, you know, a, a bird flying into the house is a, is a wife's, it's a wife's tale that there'll be a death in the house. And, and so then I'm starting to really settle into this and I'm like, okay, I, how much more can come at me, you know? And so I'm in a towel still on the phone rings. And so it was a house phone at the time. And I go to pick up the ha- the phone mm-hmm. and on the other end of the line is a, an old friend of mine, not a, not a friend that like I spoke to every day mm-hmm. or maybe even every month, but maybe once a year or twice a year or something at Christmas cards, but an old friend. And she called to tell me, um, and she and she even she even said she was like I don't know why I felt like calling to, calling you to tell you but I just want to let you know that I had a miscarriage, you know. And I was like, oh wow, you know. And I honestly I don't even think I knew she was pregnant, so it was like random. And I was like, and so I'm like my nerves are just right on the edge, and so I start crying. I tell her about my mom. She starts crying. We're crying together, and she's like, you know, I know it's weird that I called. I'm glad I did. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And blah blah blah. And, and so we finish wrap up the phone call and I go to put the phone back on the hook and it's not even hung up and it rings again. And so I pick it up thinking like, she's still there. I was like, hello. And, but it's another friend, completely different. These two people don't know each other. Another friend that is of similar distance, you know, like you used to be really good friends, talked to her once or twice a year. And she's like, you know, it's so crazy. I don't know why I wanted to call and tell you, but I've just got really good news, you know? And, and I'm like, awesome. What's going on? And she goes, I'm pregnant. And I was like, what the actual fuck? You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are Um, the odds of this? What are the odds? And so, so I'm like super happy with her. And I, I don't even think I told her about my mom. I was like, that is the coolest news. And the fact that you called me is amazing. And so then I, I, you know, we hang up and I'm like, okay, I'm calling my husband and I call him and I tell him, I, I go, you're not going to believe this, these two people. And he knows them both. And, and he, and he gets all quiet 
And he goes, wow, uh, maybe your mom is going to die. And he's like super normie guy. So I was like, okay, thank you. Like at least somebody is like, I'm not crazy that that's crazy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so it was after that, that I became really calm. And so, you know, I, I had, I did everything that I needed to do to get ready to go back the next day and, um, but decided not to. And so I got into bed early and I just laid in bed and watched the clock. And so, which is not like me if, or I don't have problems sleeping now, but if I had problems sleeping, then I'd get all pissed and I'd roll around. I'd be like, I can't sleep, you know, but I didn't, I just laid there and, you know, then my husband got into bed about midnight and then I look at the clock and it's one o'clock. I look at the clock and I literally was just waiting in a way, but calmly, like I had been so freaked out for nine days, you know, and then now I was becoming at peace with it, I guess. And, and so then after he fell asleep and it was about three 30 in the morning, I, I had this, like, at the time we had this, um, like Jack and Jill situation. We had our room and then a little mini bathroom and then the girl's room on the other side mm -hmm. and we leave those doors open so we could see and hear in there. And I heard them through there start to make like stirring noises and then, um, so, and then my, and then I heard my mother in there, hush them in, in a very particular way that she had about like just a real sweet nurturing kind of sh sound. And mm -hmm. like, she used to go sh 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 instead. So it was kind of unique. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I ended up picking that up with them, but so then I'm like, bing, I am wide awake and I'm staring in there and I'm like, it, like hyper aware. And then I could feel her in the room next to me. And, um, I've had that feeling a couple of other times since kind of hard to explain. It's a, I, it's a, I guess it's a third eye thing, but it's also a physical thing. There's mm -hmm. a, there's a electricity, you know, no, no real other way to put it. Um, and so I knew. And so I started to wake up my husband to tell him and, and, um, but right then the phone rang and it was my dad calling to say that she was gone, you know? So um, there was another thing that kind of happened that was, f f you know, fairly out of the ordinary is when he told me that news, I fell down on the ground, but my memory is of seeing my body from above. So when I remember that moment, I'm remembering it from above me. I like don't a know. Third person view. Third person view. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Like it was, I just left. I was like, nope, not doing this. You know, like yep. yeah. too much. I can't absorb this. I can't, you know, comprehend this. And so, um, you know, obviously that speed bump sent me on a quite the path. So that was, that was the precog part. Um, afterward, you know, I was in that it was the after death communication that was also uh, very powerful because um, there was a, you know, after that went to the, you know, we went down to Palm Springs right away, went to the mortuary and I, I wasn't able to emotionally deal with that either, you know, passed out and had to carry me to the office. And, you know, I was like, oh, I'm the strong one, you know, and like that, not in that case, I was not, you know, I had to, uh, anyway, um, we got home from the mortuary, um, and a, uh, a brand new hummingbird. My mother loved the hummingbirds, right? A, a brand new hummingbird with white feathers on its head flew into the house. And of course it was white. Of course it was white. Yeah. So you remembered. And we, I mean, of course, you know, we all looked at each other, like, 
a a hummingbird just flew in the house and flew right up to my face and then flew out and b who sees a hummingbird with white feathers on its head like it was very unique like yeah what the heck and so it it flew in that same day you know there was no wind and um uh i could finally eat um and i was walking by you know through the living room uh to the dining room and the front door flew open just flew open and my brother goes mom's home you know (laughs) (laughs) and like if it was windy it would have been one thing but it wasn't right it wasn't so there was lots of little things like that and then with her various belongings um because this kind of thing happened a lot little notes that she had written and various pictures that she kept would show up in these random spots and you know I would ask everybody in the family you know and even after I went home um I would find these little notes in her writing like I found one right next to my bed and I was like how did ask you know my, my daughters were too little to get into it ask my husband he's like no I would why would I do that yeah you know so then I was starting because the grief was so deep I was starting to think that I was partially there, if that makes sense. Like I, I and you know, I had two little daughters and a whole life going is like, I, I really kind of struggled. Cause I would, then I'd had all these like um, contact dreams, dream visits with her and stuff. And so it was around, um, you know, around then I started sort of researching after death communication and, um, and realizing that was a thing. And then I participated on a couple message boards and figured out what they really were. And they, and on there, they were like, well, you can ask your loved one to give you signs. And so I said, okay. And I sat down and I did this, like I talked to her. I was like, okay, bring me a white bird, bring me white birds. Um, you know, that'll be our sign. And so her name was Jay. And so she also loved the blue Jays. Right. And so I'll, uh, I'll wrap this part of the story up, but, um, so then I saw white birds everywhere, just, you know, like they, I would get a piece of mail and have a bird on it, a white bird. And then I'd be, there'd be a billboard. And then there'd be a billboard that said, had a white bird and said mom on it, you know, like all this stuff. And then, yep. um, so, uh, and I would take all of them. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. You're here. You've seen this. And, and so then I thought, okay, well, maybe I should talk to a medium because I really feel like she's trying to help me with this grief yeah. and help me through. And so and I had never talked to one before. And so at the time I was, you know, I was already an artist, but it was like, um, you know, art, the art game is like faster feast uh, feaster famine. Right. And so um, it was more famine. <laughs> I had little kids. So I was like, God, I really can't take the money away and go do this. Or I felt guilty or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. so I said like, you know, to the room at large or to the spirit world at large, I was like, okay, if I get a big enough project and I can easily take, you know, this hundred bucks off the top and I'm going to do that. And so literally within a couple of days, I had a client call and it was like a $2,000 job. And I'm like, oh yeah, no one will ever miss a hundred bucks off of that, you know? Cause, and so, um, because I mean, that alone felt like a sign because it wasn't like I had huge yeah. all the yeah. time, you know? And so it was in a, a affluent neighborhood nearby when I, uh, started the job, um, and what it was, was all of this artwork all over the walls that w- was all tropical, all like all four walls in this big room was tropical. At the time there wasn't the internet, it, it wasn't what it is now. So I had to get, have all these tra- travel brochures. I went to a travel agency and I got all these photographs and did some magazine and stuff for reference. And so, so I'm in the middle of the, doing this job, super nice lady I'm working for. And, um, she started, um, 
kind of talking really loud on the phone on these phone calls and this was a like very nice house and so uh I could tell that what they were talking about was like spirit stuff and I was like that's wild that's okay I'm not trying to eavesdrop or anything but she's she's sort of uh, allowing me to hear this yeah yeah and so I didn't, I didn't contribute anything. I did whatever. It took me whatever, better part of a week to do this project. And, and so I'm wrapping it up and we had talked about lots of other stuff. And so she says to me, she goes, do you know that person I was talking to on the phone? And, and she names this celebrity who lost a child. And she's like, yeah, she's a really good friend of mine. And then she's like, have you ever talked to a medium? And I'm like, no, but that's really I'm considering it. <laughs> that yeah and she, she go and I go because you know my mom just passed away and she goes I had a feeling you know I get I'm sensitive sometimes and so I was like well geez you must be because how could you know like right. I am going to because you called me randomly and hired me I couldn't right. even tell you how she found my name to be honest and so so anyway I'm, I'm like walking out the door and she's like well if you don't find anybody give me a call. Cause I, I have somebody that's really good. And I was like, okay, I will. And I don't know why I didn't think right away to get that number because I knew I had a plan, but you know, I guess I wanted to make sure the check cleared or I don't know. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I right away, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to do my own internet search. Right. So I start looking around online for, you know, a medium, however I searched it, looked and looked and all these pages started come up. And then I landed on one that had a, a animated gif of a white bird and i was like oh my god the white bird okay and so so then i um was like okay uh, book now deal you know so i was just about to book and then where i was living then there weren't any blue jays and a blue jay came to the window right above the computer and like literally tapped on the window and so like when do you see a blue jay tap on the window first of yeah, all yeah they don't do that and i look up i'm like M effort. That is a blue Jay, you know, like, I'm like, Oh, because, you know, like I said, it yeah. was Jay and like, it was a very obvious sign. So I, I definitely booked it. And then this was the lady that, she, so the, all those sort of precog and after death communication signs were what sort of led me um, to a point in my life where uh, I could no longer ignore that reality. So yeah. You know, I would talk to some people more, you know, my, uh, he's my ex-husband now, but we're still friends and he's great, but you know, I would talk to him and, and people that aren't living it and they can't necessarily comprise of this, um, are skeptical, you know, and like, I don't blame him. It's not happening to you. He, even though he did see some stuff, you know, like he was, he was privy to me knowing that, you know, she passed before we got the phone call and the hearse and the, you know, the, um, you know, the, uh, me knowing that she had gone and he, he was witness to a couple of other things like, um, but in any case, um, I couldn't deny it anymore. I had been witness to all of those things. And that was possibly the real strongest introduction to knowing that I was going to be pursuing mediumship later myself. Um, but like I said, you know, I had two little kids and then I ended my, I um, had my, Hey, thank you. Um, had my son um, a couple of years later. And so I was like, uber busy mother, like my yeah. op- 
from my children and like there was nothing else you know like I'm an artist I had an art career the whole time but it was like if I was not making art and making money I was like my mind and everything was on them so so I just couldn't necessarily pursue it reading about or whatever uh, and having paranormal experiences for sure like the house that that they were raised in it has and still has something there and had lots of I had out-of-body experiences and all, all kinds of stuff actually going on in my nighttime life, these night terrors and, um, and exploring lots of other stuff like Reiki with my father-in-law. And so there was other things going on where I could fit it in, but I always felt that for the mediumship, I needed really to focus on that, to have, which, you know, like, I know that there's like TV mediums and stuff. And it, it, uh, to, for me, that's not how it necessarily worked to learn. I had to really, really focus. And so uh, after they were bigger, I went down a deep dive on plant with plant medicines, a lot of ayahuasca and, and other ones, and really sort of um, knowing that uh, during that and also because of that, um, the mediumship would continue to grow stronger because those are, um, you know, all... They're not just altered states, they're altered realms yes. that you go to with those plant medicines. And so the things that I learned and have seen and healed there, um, there's no denying that. So a after it's been about eight years that I've been really working with ayahuasca a lot, um, I'm, I think I'm at the tail end of needing to do the plant medicines, um, partially because I'm getting older, but also because I've learned so much and applying what I've learned is where it's at now. And then um, also doing um, some deep Vipassana meditation, doing um, those retreats, which are, they're psychedelic all in them, themselves. So, uh, you know, saying all of that, it's, it really is the same topic um, because it's all consciousness. It's all about consciousness. It's, you know, it's one big mixed bag of consciousness, whether you're talking about, you know, off planet visitors or uh, altered dimensional visitors or, you know, where our loved ones go when they pass and where these different vibrations, um, you know, who resides where and why and wh why do we perceive them the way we do. Um, so I guess it wasn't enough for me to say, um, I'm going to read a book about mediumship and then I'm going to do some mediumship, um, meditations. And then I'm going to call myself a medium. I needed to go do about 300 doses of ayahuasca and, you know, uh, Bufo, um, DMT, you know, and also, you know, three heavy duty, 10 day Vipassana retreats, you know, and really, um, blast off out of my conscious, my, my meat suit and figure out, you know, kind of where the astral body goes, you know? So, um, and it's not that uh, like I'm calling myself a great medium or anything. I, I just think I have a great interest in it and some stuff comes through and, um, and I really, honestly, I do it, um, in service, um, because, you know, I make, you know, also not to sound this way, but I make enough money as an artist, you know, like, which is, yeah. I've, I've been at it long enough that, you know, like that's, that's the money-making part, but the part I do to be in service is, is the mediumship. Cause it's, it's, it's like a religion to me, you know, or it's a spiritual practice or yes. ceremony, let's put it that way. And um, so, so anyway, that speed bump, which was the biggest and hardest one um, losing my mother uh, was the most powerful and the most um, pr like 
productive is not the word, but beneficial, I guess. And so, you know, now that I'm older, evolutionary, evolutionary. Yeah. Now that I'm older, I'm 58. So I'm not ancient. It's not like I'm a senior citizen or anything, but I am like older now, you know, like (laughs) I've never been this old. Um, and so there is a time where you start going, Holy shit, like sixties, like yikes. That's, you know, that's all just, um, human conditioning, this age thing, you know, and that's something that I've, you know, come to the conclusion that we've got this, like, um, you know, we're so brainwashed by what number, you know, like and skin colors mean all this crap. Um, however, it's still in there and there, there, I do have a shelf life, you know, there's only going to be, there's a numbered amount of days. And so, um, that I am coming at it from a different perspective. I'm beginning to come at it from a perspective of somebody that has lived lived more life behind me than is in front of me. So then that also drives the continued desire to understand the spirit realm um, as a kind of like a science, I suppose. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll never not be interested in that topic it'll never get old. I'll never stop studying it. I'll never stop trying to work with it. Like, why would I? It's yeah, it's amazing. You know, you made a comment. I don't know where you stand on um, past lives and things like that, but you made a comment of, well, I've never been this old and I, it fl- wanted to fly out of my mouth, but I kept my mouth shut. Oh yes, you have just not here. Um, but yeah. that's a whole nother thing. I was literally like, she's in the middle of talking. Don't interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> but that almost flew out. You make a very good point. You make a very good point. I should have said I've never been this old as Whitney, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, with I had a whole series of what I believed were past life dreams between a, the ages 10 and 20 um, with things I could, I would have never been able to understand or know at age 10 what yeah. some of these concepts were. So I always knew um, that there was something. And in fact, I like to say, um, my first book on the paranormal, that was not just a regular ghost story book. And I'll never forget it. I rode my bike to the library and I looked up the topic reincarnation because somehow that came across my wavelength. And I, I, which is strange when you think about an 11 year old. Yeah. Um, but I do remember I was 11 and it always stuck in my head. And I found this book that was written in the 1950s called the search for Bridie Murphy. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. No, it was my first one. And it was, it's an account of a, um, I think I, I, the, the guy that wrote it, I don't know what his actual profession was, but then he started dabbling with, um, hypnosis to get people to stop smoking cigarettes. He might've been a, uh, some sort of therapist. It kind of seems like that he was something else and was just a, doing it as a as a hobby. But anyway, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting book because he ends up taking this lady back, um, you know, back into like her younger years to try and figure out, you know, to help her. I think it's to quit smoking. It's been a long time since I read the book, but um, but essentially ends up taking her back before birth and finding this identity in Ireland, Bridie Murphy, and, you know, was able to document, you know, that that person lived and who her husband was and all this stuff. And anyway, that blew my mind at 11. I was like, oh, damn, you know, like, <laughs> so um, that I read all the Edgar Casey books and, you know, the Seth Speaks books and the Silver Birch books. And like, you know, I, I was had an insatiable appetite for all of that kind of thing. So I think it was, but 
back when I was, you know, like graduated high school or college and stuff, there was no consciousness studies. There was nothing like that, you know? So I I didn't have an opportunity to, you know, uh, pursue it in that way, but you know, the art career has been fun (laughs) anyway. Yeah. The reason I had asked about, you know, what signs your mom had given you prior to um, her passing or maybe not her, the universe, God, whatever terminology you want to use is before my mom's mom had passed about a week prior, I sent her a text message that said, I'm going to wake up from surgery and the surgery was scheduled. I said, I'm going to wake up from surgery and my then husband is going to tell me grandma passed. And I, she's like, don't say that, you know, that's awful. And she was sick. Like it wasn't an improbable thing. And sure as shit, I wake up from surgery and I look at my then husband and I go, she's gone, isn't she? And he's like, yeah. And I pass back out. Apparently just after they wheeled me back is when he and my father, because my father was um, in the hospital with me, got the call that my grandma had passed. Yeah. Do you recall saying that or were you told later? No, no, I recall saying that. I recall waking up and going, she's gone, isn't she? Okay. And him just going like this look of like, how do you know that? Right. And him saying yes. And because anesthesia makes you, you know, come in and out. And uh, how do you suppose you did know that? Like, where did you feel it in your gut and your, it just I just knew out. it's not the first time that I predicted a loved one's death. Yeah. I yeah, just so knew. You understand. You understand yeah. for sure. And there's probably a lot of your listeners that understand. Um, yeah. It's the ineffable, though. Like, you can't necessarily put your finger on it. Um, I don't know how I would explain it to somebody. I don't know how I would try and um, explain it so somebody could learn so they could enhance their natural ability. Like, I have no idea how to do that because sometimes I just know. And beyond that, I can't explain it to you. (laughs) Right, right. So I'm... I'm putting, I'm starting to put together a little workshop, you know? Uh, And so with that, um, the way I think in to that is um, slowly, but surely in a safe environment, starting to feel subtle energies in a, in a place that you can practice it with strangers who don't know any much about you. You don't know much about them and start to feel into what their energy is. And with practice, because I've experienced it, I've taken a lot of workshops at the uh, with the Arthur Findlay College in England. They are, are, do a lot of online classes, courses, and in that environment, um, it's very surprising what can develop. And so I feel proficient enough, and I think there's enough people that trust me to kind of guide uh, a workshop like that. You know, so um, because I think it's there all the time, but we we suppress it because one. Um, it's it's more input than we really have bandwidth for when we got to drive to the store we got to go to work we got to you know make dinner we got to re-roof the house we got to you know and and also you know conspiratorially speaking i think we are bombarded with things intentionally so that we don't yep. um tap into those things so i think that's w- part of why when people people feel closer to God or feel more spiritual when they're in nature, when they leave their phone at home, when they aren't listening to music, when they just hear um, the sounds of nature around, because then you feel as though you're part of nature um, because you are, right? <laughs> we are. And, um, and then, 
you know, like for instance, I mean, everybody has seen a bird take off or a rabbit take off and for no apparent reason, either they're skittish or they feel something, you know, what, and so we have those abilities as well. We're just not, we're just not listening to them or we're looking for distraction. Um, That's um, why I mentioned the Vipassana. Um, There's lots of uh, meditation techniques, but another speed bump that I had was I was working closely with a shaman for uh, quite a while, very closely. We were going very deep and um, he died mysteriously. But one of the things um, that he wanted me to do was uh, Vipassana meditation retreat. And so I was um, stalling because it's 10 days of uh, uh, silence, um, no eye contact, no, no talking, 10 hours a day or 11 hours a day of meditation. You learn this technique. You live like a Buddhist monk. You eat very sparingly. Your lodging is very sparse. And, um, you know, I was like, dude, <laughs> okay, I will, but I'm not ready. But then he passed away. And so in honor of him, I, that was when I did my first one. And so, but that protocol completely changed my life because when you go silent and your mind is silent and you can't write, you can't read, there's no input. You can't pick up your phone. You can't do anything, but be alone with your thoughts. And then also work on eliminating your thoughts, the, your sensitivity, you, you shift from about halfway through the course, about five to six days in you, you shift from the conscious mind to walking around in the subconscious mind. And it's, uh, it's all without any sort of enhancements. It's all your own, uh, consciousness and how it's, um, how it, um, navigates through this meat suit space when it's in the subconscious. So it's not uncommon to have your dreams and your waking life sort of meld together and kind of not necessarily be sure which one you're in. It's very powerful. Um, And it's um, not uncommon to have psychosomatic illnesses disappear or illnesses disappear because there's a, there's a deep, body awareness that goes with learning the protocol. And um, I didn't necessarily mean to go down a whole uh, meditation rabbit hole, but, um, but just to tell you that that was another thing that changed a lot of things for me, both uh, learning about consciousness itself um, and my own consciousness and learning about how getting quiet and how um, everywhere you look, I mean, everywhere is trying to distract you from quieting your mind. And so I think that's why also most people that you find that um, do have some thoughts about consciousness and either uh, have a self-awareness or also maybe have some sort of abilities or whatever, uh, 99% of them are going to say that meditation is the, is the fuel in the tank for that. So, um, it's a really interesting protocol. And I feel like maybe plant medicines aren't necessarily for everyone, but I, I I would wish that everyone would at least do one Vipassana retreat. I'm, I am a little mad at them right now because um, they're requiring a vaccine uh, um, and I'm not, you know, they're going to have to, they'll drop that. They've got to drop that at some point. Um, How long can we do this? You know? Um, And I'm, I'm, 
was slated to go and be in service. You know, they just, they don't, it doesn't cost anything. They just request that you come and be a server, you know, come serve the others while they're going through their experience. And, you know, I'm really anxious to go do that, you know, to give back and be in service. Um, but I can't until that's cause I'm not, I'm not doing the clock chat. So <laughs> anyway. that's so unfortunate. I, it, it's so funny to me how the, I'm going to make some broad statements here in generalities, the spiritual community that seemed to be all about consciousness and everyone choosing their own path and to each their own and things like that. Um, some of them have become the hardest pushers and the most fearful. And it really surprises me because, you know, I had crystal stores and metaphysical stores that, you know, unless you went in with a mask and they were only letting like two people in the store at a time. And I'm like, everything that they had said prior was not matching what they were doing now. And all of a sudden it's, I believe in the science. And I'm like, how did that happen? How did this happen? Like, how and this was like before the Jabberwocky, so like they had it, but some of them then took it, and I'm like, yeah. I don't. Given where you, I thought you were, and like because we were in line with so many different thoughts and beliefs and things like that, that they did a to- it seemed a total 180, right? And I'm I and I don't understand what happened. It was and this is me speaking out loud and so no one get mad or take offense or whatever, but it was almost as if those like a test and like they ended up failing the test or something. Like, I don't know because I've heard a lot of people that once they took the Jabberwocky that, you know, if they were psychic or things like that, those abilities decreased or they didn't, the people, that were going to them for readings, if they got one prior or before the Jabberwocky and then after, the readings were different. Like the person felt different. The energy felt different. Wow. There was, there was reports of um, like priests and monks and things like that after getting it, feeling like they couldn't go back into their place of worship at, for a period of time. Whoa. And I'm like, something happened. And I don't quite know what happened. But it's, I feel like the people that succumbed or gave in or genuinely believed that this would help, that it was some test that I, I don't know. I, that is a testament to how powerful the repetitive brainwashing really was uh, and is still. And then also um, just speaking about those meditation centers. I don't know. I'm not on the board or anything like that. I haven't heard this one way or another. My, my feeling is they just wanted to keep the doors open. Um, but I did hear that one of the centers in California is closing. So, because it's all donation based. So if their numbers are way down, they, they can't keep these, you know, so it's, I, I think a lot of institutions are shooting themselves in their own foot by these mandates, but but also to what you said about does the does the shot itself change um, our uh, psychic bodies and our psych? You know what what else is in there? What is it really about? You know, because obvious, I you know, 
I can only like speculate because what do I know? I just look at the stuff, you know, stuff here and there. Um, I do know that one of my very best friends in the world um, died from her booster and it was all in the realm of out there until that happened. Then I was like, that was in the realm of here in my life. I saw her one day, she got her shot the next day and I never saw her again. And so, um, you know, that's when I suppose my fear factor came up, you know, cause I've always speculated about this culture and, you know, JFK nine 11 and, you know, all of the UFOs and Roswell whole thing. And, and it's all sort of in the realm of speculation and we can talk about it, but I wasn't there. I wasn't in Roswell. I don't really know what happened. I know I have a powerful UFO experience and no one's taken that away from me, but, but with this like Jabberwocky, if, if there's going to be some sort of psychic damage, then, then truly our culture is going to bifurcate into two species. There's, there's no going back from that. And I have people I love very much that got it. Luckily, all of my kids listen to me and they're like, fuck that. I mean, doing that, you know, thank goodness. But, um, uh, the, but the other thing I'll say is somehow I'm old enough to have seen, um, somehow the good pops up like whack-a-mole. So somehow, so to illustrate that and by good, I mean, um, maybe non-brainwashed or in the light or ho- mm-hmm. however we want to label that. Yep, yep. One of my Vipassana friends, this guy has done over 20 uh, um, retreats. Um, he said that he, he knows a guy that's starting some Vipassana retreats just on his own, uh, just as a one-off, not a- affiliated with, you know, the uh, association, but for, you know, those that are unvaccinated. So those kind of things, you know, that economy, that other economy is. uh, It's like that parallel economy, but it, it, in some ways I'm like, that's a great thing. Cause then we have this parallel economy and we're supporting each other and getting back to the way, I guess that is meant to be or works or whatever term you want to use. But at the same time, why was that necessary? Like, why is it necessary for us to have a parallel economy? Like, why can't I go into a store? I mean, I can now, but like, even, you know, six months ago, certain stores, unless you take it away again at any point, at any, I mean, or can they? Because here in California, they were trying to bring the mask mandate back and, and people push back. And so then they're like, oh, 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 the numbers are down. We don't have to do the mask mandate again. And, you know, the here in Los Angeles, um, this like nutbag, Barbara Ferrer, she's the, you know, the health, she's with the Ministry of Health, you know, she's <laughs> everything, you know, honestly, I don't think she can walk down the street, you know, without getting a tomato thrown at her head because, you know, how she got that much power and people are definitely pushing back finally, even here in liberal Los Angeles, you know, I mean, I've got two neighbors that are flying Trump flags, which I've just left my ass. <laughs> like that takes some sack, right? That does that in the middle of LA, like, wow. Wow. Yeah. They're really close too. So it's funny. And then a lot of American flags, which is like almost next to flying a Trump flag anymore. Um, so in some places, um, yeah. Especially yeah. in California, in LA. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a shit show. It's a clown show. I mean, some of the stuff I'm like, are are you trying to pit? It just seems like 
some of these decisions they're like they're trying to piss piss off the you know or wake people up in a you know I do have a little bit of a theory on a deeper level that you know some of these clowns you know these deep state sort of like our our governor is just he's like a lampoon of himself um like he's something out of a comic book yeah, yeah. even to look at his hairstyle like oh my god it's just so gross you know and the things he says and does and so you know like formulating this theory that on the spiritual level they really have been sent here to wake us up because we've collectively gotten ourselves here and we've got to collectively get ourselves out but that's not going to happen till a larger majority of us are waking up awake yeah so um but then you know who knows maybe it's going to be we're all going to meet in montana and then everybody else is going to be in the smart city in their cubicles you know i don't know i I don't know I don't know. I have so many theories. I There's one going around right now. I don't know if you've seen it about like September 24th, 25th, 26th I time frame. I have. And uh, I'm like, at this point, yeah. I'm like, anything is possible. I don't, um, I'm not going to be chicken little and say the sky is falling at everything that I see. But at this point, I also entertain all possibilities. Right. So... Yeah, there was that one. Um, I'm not even sure what the meeting was, but I've seen little clips of it in Germany where they're essentially saying September 24th. And then people are commenting that like, you you will remember where you were on September 24th, 22. So the funny thing is I'm having a fairly large party that day. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's a party I've had planned for a while. And like, you know, so everyone will... If, something happens that day yeah there's there's something too about and, and i'm it's i want to say it's like the 24th into the 26th because that's when um like jewish sundown is and so it's like span it's like rosh hashanah maybe okay um, the end of the Shemitah, right is it the end of the Shemitah? yeah it's, it's an end of one of their years and then also the beginning of like a muslim holiday like right at the same time and like that three days is apparently very big and i don't quite understand it all but that's the current um yeah thing. very interesting the energy is very interesting just on a personal note you know my son turns 20 that day and he's i like i call him baby buddha you know so it'll be his birthday so that'll be interesting as well you know so i don't know but i have heard that have heard that um and you know there was a a good sized dip in the stock market today and so i wonder are we just going to be tumbling into um the actual collapse of the world banking system you know that's what some of the speculation is so i'll have to send you this link that i found but basically this link was claiming that because i think it's like the 26th is on a sunday and that's like when things end that rosh hashanah time period or whatever mm-hmm. it, the stock market can't collapse because right. it's on a sunday and but your, yeah. the last time it did this like there was this transition mm-hmm. um i think like the stock market did collapse or there was something about 9-11 or like i forget exactly what it was i'll have to send you the article oh, the other Shemitah, yeah. last Shemitah, uh period, of yeah, crash of 08. And I think there actually was like a Black Monday or that, you know, there's always a beginning of the week um, yeah. thing. You know, uh, it's not that I've sat with it a lot. I've just been watching. I mean, obviously we've 
all everybody that's listening to your show right now have just been watching everything for the last two years like what's possibly next you know is it going to be the you know the project blue beam thing is it going to be the final collapse is you know like what <laughs> um but i haven't sat with it intuitively but what i will say is it is starting to give me a little bit of a stomach ache you know so i, I have to turn it off more than i was having to turn it off interesting um, you know like butterflies a little bit you know so that kind of feel i i'm not quite sure where to put that yet um so and and that we all might be having those butterflies though we all might just be looking around going what next like for god's sake like that little meme of like the aliens and they're all yeah. like we're next you know well and the other thing is too sometimes i wonder is so someone realized this date right so did they start putting out this information and then collectively we're putting this information together and nothing was actually going to happen but we're as a collective earth community whatever putting this information and forcing it into reality and then are we feeding off all of this nervous energy and so that's why everyone has butterflies but nothing's actually going to happen right or we're going to manifest it happening right sort of in a chaos magic kind of way yeah um yeah yeah or astrologically speaking you know i i I don't know but i do do i do believe or I do think, I don't know if I 100% believe it, because I'm not even sure there is a real deep state, you know, like, <laughs> all could just be fake. The yeah. Whole thing could be this yeah. big show, but uh, it it does seem to me that there are a cabal of people that do believe this stuff. Yes. Whether, whether I believe it or we believe it, but I, I think there are some that do. And historic, you know, you just have to do a little scratch in the, in some esoteric history. Yes. You know, not the history books, but the esoteric history. And and you, you don't get very far before you're like, oh, okay, there's some shit going on. These people are doing some doing some shady shit. Um, and, that, you know, I think there's also a mindset, well, if you can't beat them, join them. You know, so um, I, I tend to and have always tended towards the light. So, and you might say that mediumship is um, a magic practice of sorts. Um, because it's, you know, sort of like, um, you know, when the microwave came around, that looked like magic too. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, um, but the, those arts, the, you know, the, I guess, white magic arts or connecting to, um, you know, the spirit realm for lack of a better way to call it. Cause I really think it's a dimension. It's a dimension really close to ours and they have a lot more information than we do. And, um, in some of those journeys, both with plant medicine and um, the the Bufo DMT, I, I was for sure shown that this dimension here, this earth realm that we're dwelling in and, and um, fighting in and wearing these, like walking around in these um, yoga machines <laughs> um, is uh, the the dark stuff is really for here. It's the contrast here, leaving here. Um, and so when people get like a, right now I'm doing a trance workshop with, um, um, uh, at the Arthur Finley, with the Arthur Findlay, and there's really no talk of negativity or possession or anything. It's kind of like beyond that, like, okay, well, we don't really deal with that because that's for this realm, not that realm. There's just light and 
love and the virtues and stuff like that. So just throwing that in it, if it's relevant, it seems to be relevant for me when I get bogged down with the dark stuff, I'll have to remind myself that that's a thing for here and it's here to wake us up. So um, that's the sort of mindset I'm starting to move into. Um, even though I've had some very dark ayahuasca experiences, very, very dark, very hellish. And, uh, but you know, ultimately what I learned in those was fear is an illusion. And I stayed in those hellish realms until I was able to, um, uh, intellectualize that. And then they disappeared. So, you know, as above, so below, if you can do that here, going back to maybe that comment, you know, that you made about, are we collectively manifesting something? um on the 24th or around that time yep. maybe we're collectively manifesting something to fight that as well yeah yeah and you know the way i explain it to people who go all of this is so woo woo and i was like okay but you know ultraviolet light exists because that's what they tell you um you know the sun is and you know x-rays exist because you go to the doctor even though you can't see an x-ray you take a picture of your bones so we know that there's things that we can't see that our quote unquote magic x-rays are magic, right? Um, and energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So it has to go somewhere. It has to come from somewhere. I don't have all the answers, but working on those very basic things, I can get most people to at least go, okay, there's something they don't quite understand it. And I don't understand it either, but just taking those things, most people can go, okay, there, there's something. Right. Be at least be agnostic about yes, it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Um. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know what to think on a lot of things. I entertain almost every single idea because I don't, who am I to say what's right and wrong? Like not right and wrong in a moral sense, but like the possibilities. Yes. I like to say that I roll it around in the gum ball machine and I'm not quite sure what color is going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I love that. Because things, you know, um, you know, once you have a, a super staunch belief in something then there's no room for growth. So, you know, that might sound kind of trite, but I, I, I that I do believe. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. And, you know, you're talking earlier about how you had this one paradigm of belief and then you were having these experiences with your mom and it was a different paradigm of belief. And then you had more in it. Your understanding kept evolving because of the things you were experiencing. But I feel like sometimes people have these experiences, but it could be right in front of their face. Like, you know, a, a, a deceased parent could show right up in front of their face and they would just go, oh, I'm crazy, you know, right. and they and they would write it off. Right, right. And we don't know the capacity of our own consciousnesses. So, um, you know, there was a thing going around years ago and I don't even, even know if there's any truth to it, but there was this like way to describe uh, uh, witnessing a UFO. And that was if you have the capacity to at least um, be open-minded to the possibility, then the chances of you seeing one are much greater. And the the comparison was, I think it was, you know, and I don't even know if this is true. This was just the comparison that was made was, you know, when Captain Cook um, um, hit, I think the Canary Islands or something, the natives had never seen a tall ship. And then the, when the small boats, when the 
uh, the smaller boats came into shore and then they pointed out the tall ships, then the natives could see the ships. They just didn't know they existed. I don't know if there's any truth to that at all, but uh, whether or not um, uh, there is or not, when I had my encounter with a black triangle, I was discussing with two friends on a camping trip. I was discussing that you could request a flyby. And it was exactly when I had said those words that it appeared. So it appeared to all three of us. And so my mind was open. And for a split second, the conversation was in their mind enough. And if we weren't talking about that, would it have been present and we just didn't see it? It was right in front of our faces, flying around over our heads or whatever. Or was it that somehow our uh, our, our capacity for cur- curiosity or the, the possibility that it could happen at all? We weren't talking about black triangles. That's how it appeared. And then it appeared over our heads. And then we had an exchange and enc- a full encounter, maybe even missing time. Um, and... W- with that powerful of an experience, I was in my early twenties. I went for the, up until, you know, only really the past, maybe five years until I started with the plant medicine, really, because that accelerated my learning about things so uh, rapidly. But I would say, why did that happen? Why, why did that possibly happen? What I've come to understand, at least on a cursory level, was that part of it was to wake me up to say that all is not what it seems and your, your um, government, your culture, you're being lied to, hun. (laughs) And so, um, and with that, it just kept me on moving down this possible path that maybe I signed a contract sometime before I got here that I was meant to kind of pursue. Um, And so I'm super grateful for it. And I recently had a dream that I was actually on that craft and that was a bit of a mind blower because i was like oh what does that mean you know was it you know because i won't go too deep into it however you know ayahuasca is one whole protocol one whole uh 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 dimension it's called dimension um the 5-MAO DMT with bufo frog is another dimension completely like there's similarities but it's a different place that you go to and with that i went to a a deeper bigger uh place where i uh was with the divine intelligence so others that have had this medicine could understand very hard to bring back that ineffable experience and what it uh one thing that it did send me back with was the knowledge that our we uh, our brain capacity can't hold all of that uh so i made this illusion another time very much like when an ant climbs over your iphone you know the ant has no idea what that iphone is capable of so i think some of us are starting to evolve our brain capacities expanding and trying to um that's why we're so curious about these things is because you know sort of the stoned ape theory or the um you know hundred monkey hundredth monkey we've we're getting collectively to a point where you know um we're we're under having the capacity to understand where i have a friend who has a dog has a um a, uh, a labradoodle and if you get your phone out it will pose for a picture. And so I think we're about at the labradoodle stage. Like we, we know that that iPhone does something. We don't know what, 
but we know more than the ant knows. And so yes. we're, I think we're moving from ant people to Labradoodle. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> In terms of understanding with the iPhone, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, will, but also um, in my lifetime as Whitney, will that continue to accelerate at that exponential speed? Because maybe that's what part of this is. Maybe it's, that's why they had to unload this jab thing. Cause we were starting to, we were starting to understand some stuff, starting to know some stuff. And it, to, to me, it sort of feels like, um, you know, the horses are heading for the barn right now. And so all bets are off. Let's jab them. Let's, you know, lie to them. Let's do all this, you know, worldwide. It, it just, it just, that I feel like I can say either cognitively or intuitively things are speeding up, you know, shit's getting weird. <laughs> yeah. Getting real weird. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. Do you have things that you, because you mentioned that you hadn't sat with, you know, the 24th, 25th, 26th date, do you have events or time frames that you maybe get an inkling about, but then, choose not to uh sit with so do you, do you understand what i'm trying to say it's a really good question and um and it and, and i think my answer can help explain a lot of things um to people that don't necessarily understand how it works and like oh no i don't want to know the future because blah, blah, blah. um what i believe or come to believe and this is for me you know, particularly because I'm only looking f- through my two, three eyes, but is that for whatever reason, I think that spirit or our guides or our subconscious or wherever this comes from, God, um, uh, we have a bit of a block on things that are happening in our own lives. So there, and and I think that's because we're supposed to experience th- uh, the things that happen in our life as uh um, as for the first time with that said, I've had plenty of deja vus. I've had plenty of dreams that have come, you know, precognitive dreams and things like that. So I know that there are some weird things with time and shifts of time and things that are meant to be, and not meant to be things that maybe I'm privy to that somehow I wasn't quite supposed to quite know yet. Like maybe my mother dying as an example. Um, however, when I read for other people, especially other people that I don't know anything about, um, then it's as if various things come up. So let's say I were to sit and sit down and be like, is the world going to blow up on the 24th? <laughs> I, I am deeply connected to the outcome of that. So there's, it, it'll skew my, um, my, um, my intake on that because That's fair. it matters, you know, it's going to affect me. It's going to affect my children and I'm emotional about it and things like that. And so like for the same reason, you know, it's very hard for me to read for my family or my friends or myself, you know, I've for sure I've done it. I've been like, well, I'm going to, you know, a various, you know, maybe a client, I'll be like, I'm going to pull a few cards on this guy. He seems like a joker, you know, <laughs> and, and then I'll, I'll be able to sort of tap into my own intuition, which I already know is there. Cause I already have a gut feeling about this guy, you know, and then it'll like confirm something, but sitting for something very serious, like, you know, when am I going to die? Or, you know, is something that the outcome is going to deeply affect me emotionally. Um, I, I just don't think I can because I, I'm not um, uh, um, objective enough. So that's fair. 
That's fair. Yeah. And I think that's fairly true with a lot of um, uh, people that have intuitive abilities. I can't speak for every one of them, obviously, but I think there's a little bit of a block there because of that. Um, no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. When I was first learning the first teacher, mediumship teacher I had, I didn't understand, but she was very much like, do yourself a favor. Don't read for your friends and family, you know, just don't. And what she didn't continue to express was your friends and family are going to think you're either full of shit or nutty because they're going to be like, well, you already knew that because, you know, I've known me your whole life or you're my best friend. And like, so that, but to get, and then you lose confidence because you don't yeah. know, you can't tell the difference between your memory and what is yep. information incoming. But so that's when it's working with strangers, which is, you know, goes back to like, well, I'm, I feel kind of called to, you know, try and running some workshops and see, uh, because I know everybody can do it. I don't think there's anybody that can't do it. And, you know, if you're in a safe environment, then, um, you know, here's the other thing I'll say too, because I also teach art. And so teaching those two things, if I get to the point where I'm teaching that, um, people get hung up on, well, I don't want to be a medium or I don't want to be a professional artist. And I'm like, just make art, just like, just play around, just play. You don't have to have an end game. You don't have to have a check at the end of anything. Just, you know, like we can play again. Can't we, you know, like, yeah. Just get colors out and fuck around you know so uh, I think that's our, our culture's kind of also done us a disservice with that because it's in those quiet moments too that your your own personal insights come and the you know the waves of know thyself come you know about who you really are and you know we can't have that we gotta have oh, no. a football game and getting drunk on beer and stuff how are we going to control you if you're not watching the halftime show <laughs> very true very true yeah when you go to release your workshop, please let me know. One, because I'm interested in two, because I want to let everyone else know. Okay. Uh, I want to be able to put it out there and help you do a little advertising. and That'd be yeah. wonderful. I'm I'm kind of trying to shoot for maybe uh, early to mid-November. Okay. And then I'm just kind of tossing around the idea whether I want to do like, I, I think three workshops is good. And I was thinking three consecutive weeks, but now I'm thinking three consecutive nights. Um, you know, because then everything's really fresh. So, um, and we can like kind of stay focused. So that's what I'm, I'm kind of thinking of doing. So um, yeah. Yeah. So thanks for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and plus how fun would that be? I would have a blast doing that. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. And if someone wants to find you on Instagram, cause they will, do you do services? You said you do do strangers. Yes. Okay. I do. Yeah. I have a website and it's uh, WhitneyFoxMedium.com. Okay. And then I also have an Instagram and it's TricksterFox7. So I really like, I have had people reach out and say, hey, and I'm really stoked when that happens. So, you know, I'd love to hear, like, I love to hear people's stories and, you know, their thoughts and all that kind of thing too. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, all that'll be in the show notes. And I, I think, want to thank you for coming out. I know we had a little, uh, communication issues before this and you joked about mercury retrograde yeah it uh (laughs) literally we would the microphones would be working all of a sudden they'd stop working and we did not mute ourselves so i'm so glad that we got it to work and we got to chat and you shared your stories and it was just it was a good conversation i appreciate you coming on thank you so much i so appreciate the invite yeah and you're just great. And hopefully we'll uh, we'll get with Julia again and do some other 
uh, fun roundtable. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. And thank you everyone for listening to Speed Bumps and I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful night.